Are you longing for real-life change and lasting impact? Here at More to Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Angela Sackett. And I'm Lisa Pulliam. And together, we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So here we are back for part two of Unblinded Faith. We're talking about the book that's about to be released that Lisa has out and um, also just kind of digging into this idea of getting beyond what we see with our eyes, getting beyond the cracks in our pottery to the truth of God's word. So Lisa, share with us. Yeah, I'm excited to continue to have this conversation. So in the last part, we were looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We read all of that chapter Mm. Uh, because the key verse for unblinded faith comes from verse 4. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So that shaped the, um, well, actually, as I shared, the backstory. Mm -hmm. The, The book already had that vision shaped for it, where the idea was, how do we believe God's word? And by believing God's word, that's how we gain spiritual sight. Mm. And that's how we then go about living with unblinded faith. But as we ended last episode, we were talking about the light of Christ shining in our hearts and being that vessel and letting his light shine out of our cracks. So I just want to pick up at verse seven. Uh, It says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. That makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I just, everything about this passage of scripture resonates with me. I love how this passage talks about that great power from God and it's not from ourselves. And we have talked about how the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive and active in us. And so are we living with that kind of power? I use the expression, are we living with soul strength? And the reason we need soul strength is because of what it tells us in the next uh, few verses, because as followers of Christ, we will still be pressed on every side by troubles, but we won't be crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. It is the underdog. Yeah. Right? That is is the life that we're leading. We are the underdog who rises to become victorious Mm. because of the power of Christ at work in our weakness. I'm thinking about the... uh... The idea that that sounds weird if you think you've got it all together. I don't want to volunteer to be the underdog. But if you are like us and you are hearing this message and you know you don't have it all together, you know that you're broken and in need of repair, that you don't have, you know, you're not perfect. Boy, what freedom that is. Boy, what a weight lifted off of our shoulders that is. Yeah. God knows that already. And he desires to work through us. Right. Right. And I can't help but think of it from the perspective of March Madness, which I know sounds crazy. (laughs) Oh, that's big in my house. (laughs) Yeah. So my my family is basketball crazed, basketball crazed, and they just love March Madness. And my my daughter, Leah, who you've all heard on the podcast, she set up a bracket for us to do as a family. 
And so everybody did three brackets except for me because I can't be bothered. But I, I set up my bracket and it's been hysterical because I have a very scientific method for picking my March Madness picks. Top seed, top seed, top seed, bottom seed, top seed, top seed, top seed, bottom seed. <laughs> because I always want to give the underdog a chance. Oh, that's hilarious. hilarious. I'm passing that on to my crew. Okay, <laughs> I'm at the top of our family bracket. Apparently, I'm at like 99% of like oh, people's peaks. Who even knows what those statistics mean? But that same excitement that we feel when we see the underdog win, it's not because they they anything other than you know they worked so hard and all of their efforts finally lined up in that moment for the win. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that is really how we need to look at our spiritual life. That Bible reading is the daily discipline, the training, the effort, the focus that at the point when we need it, yeah. we will be prepared for the win. And that is an incredible feeling when that happens where you start to see and it's funny because I have just walked through a season where I I remember looking at one of my kids one day and saying the thoughts coming to my brain are the word why that shocked me you know I've Mm -hmm. walked with the Lord since I was a little girl but knowing that he is at work when that starts to happen when you start to think thoughts Mm -hmm. in response to daily life Mm -hmm. trials frustrations Mm -hmm. you shared in last part one of this episode, you know, about a a trial that you walked through and to see God literally change the thoughts in your mind, the words that come out of your mouth, the responses to your brokenness is Mm -hmm. it's mind blowing. And boy, does it confirm for those of us that or for those around us who don't know the Lord to be able to say, well, God said this, and then he did this. Yes. Yes. I, I, and I, I just back at this scripture here, Perplexed, I think, is something that we all feel, mm-hmm. right? But in perplexed, we do not have to be driven to despair. Meaning, in everyday language, as Sarah Aramick said this on, on the podcast with her, we do not need to know the answers in order to trust God, mm-hmm. right? And so we could be confused, but we do not need to be driven to despair, we may be hunted down, but we are not abandoned by God. I mean, don't we need this as our mantra? Like, but God in you, there is hope. So it continues. We live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. So. Mm. We have an episode coming up that I am so excited about. We're going to be talking about being uh, eternally minded, heavenly minded. I've interviewed Katie Bennett, and she has written a book, Heavenly Minded Mom. It's also a 90-day devotional, so we we Mm -hmm. call ourselves the 90-day Devo Twins because our books are coming out at the same time. But we spend that episode, and she shares about how uh, to live with that eternal perspective, Mm-hmm. How does that change things for you to live with an eternal perspective when it comes to your everyday faith? Oh, it's amazing. I think when you walk through trial to know, first of all, this has an end and it has an end in glorious triumph in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think 
and I might have shared this before. I, I have one friend, my friend Tammy, who I remember when we had little teenies, she would always say to me, if I get to the end of the day and I feel like a failure, but I pointed them to the cross. Mm. That's all I had. To, that's all I had to accomplish. And and you and I were similar in seasons, but yet I've got some younger, you know, mm-hmm. I've got adults and then I have my 10 year old and my 14 year old. And, and we've shared before we homeschool our kids. My journey is nowhere near over. The empty nest is not in close sight for me. And yet when I start to panic about, I may not do this right, or I may not do that right. But God, if mm. I'm just pointing them to him, if I'm just trusting him and modeling that, mm-hmm. it, and I say this a lot, but it, it releases a burden, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's my uh, word. I, I used to have a word for the year. Now I have a word. Whenever God <laughs> gives a word, it's a word. And on my little board in front of me, it says, release to the Lord everything. Mm. because he loves you. Mm. Right. And that's all you need to know, girl. <laughs> right. Because the idea of releasing this life to God, everything that he's given us, the idea of releasing to him is scary. If we don't know that he loves us, Yeah. then, then it's just trusting him with something, but not really sure are his motives pure. Will he have our best interest in mind? But the scriptures, again, why it's so important to read the scriptures. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. In Colossians, it says that we are chosen, holy, and dearly loved as his children. If our identity is the beloved children of God, why wouldn't we release to him everything that he's given us? Mm -hmm. And I think that is sometimes... What releases that that pressure so that we don't feel crushed and we don't feel despair? It's because we know that we've got God on our side and he's going to move us through that struggle, that struggle. <laughs> that would be the version of struggle and trial. It's called a struggle. I've just come up with a new term. It's a good one. I like it. Yes. So in our struggles, we are not needing to be in despair. Mm-hmm. And so... That's really where uh, it goes next. Verse 13, we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. And really, if, if we're in dry seasons and we don't even know what to pray, I think the best place to go is the Psalms. Yeah. Because there's our script. We don't have to figure out what to say. We just recount the words that have already been said for us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've said this, to my kids sometimes you have to preach to your own heart sometimes yes. you know I just have to say I believe in you I believe in you I believe in you I believe in you I believe you are good you are good you are good you are good sometimes it's only that one little tiny truth that we pull out that we mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to hold on to right now right right well that... you talk about having a hardened heart having God's word speak to us that way that tenderizes it does it softens our heart yeah. as we begin to speak out and walk out so So it continues, and and I'm going to keep going with what you just said. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us. I'm sorry. Hang on a second there. Will present us to himself together with all of you. All of this is for your benefit. As God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving, and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Mm-hmm. And you were just saying, you know, you keep on pressing on, pressing on. And I think, what does the underdog do? They they can't give up the fight. 
or they'll never experience the win, which is the triumph of the underdog. And so, uh, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I have to say, sometimes the present troubles seem not like so the small. beginning, <laughs> begin, the beginning of the end, right? Yeah. They, they yeah. don't seem so small. Uh, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. And that is that perspective of being uh, eternity bent rather than earthly bent. It's a shift of perspective. It is. You mentioned before that the, the suffering and the joy, they come hand in hand. Right, right. The both and, the both and. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Mm. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Okay, can I share a story that is burning in me? Ever since I started, ever since I heard the title and then started reading Unblinded Faith, because I got spoiled and I got an advanced copy. Um, My granny was, Elsa was her name, and I remember she passed away when I was probably only 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, she was this teeny, tiny little woman, fragile, frail, with her little crop of white curls. And I, I mean, really, that's a whole lot of years ago, but I can see her face as if it was yesterday. And she was blind um, from the time she was a little girl, she was able to see and then lost her sight. And so I would have conversations, you know, what do you remember about the rainbow? What do you remember about... But she never focused on the past. She focused on right where she was. Um, And I remember being amazed as a little girl. First of all, I should say she radiated Jesus. Um, Mm. In a family of a whole lot of brokenness, a a few of us will trace back to grannies and grandpa's faith in the Lord. They radiated Mm. Jesus. Um, But I would always be amazed at how she knew her house like the back of her hand. You would never know she was blind if you were watching her other than if you caught sight of her face. Um, But she could see, she felt her way. She knew her way around her home because she was so familiar with it. And um, I remember like, you know, she, I asked her one time, she knew how many steps it took to get to the kitchen or how many steps it took to get to her wing back chair, which I can still picture her sitting in. Um, Mm. She knew it so well that she saw without being able to see. And I think of that now, I want to know my Lord so well that when I'm in a dark place, when I don't see the end, when I'm angry or I'm frustrated at my own brokenness or someone else's brokenness, that I don't have to see him with my eyes, but I feel where he is. I know him so well that I don't even have to think about it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I Goosebumps. Goose, because as you were saying that, as you were describing your granny, knowing the steps and knowing the space that she was in, I really think that's what Jesus wants us to feel about him. Yeah. And he has told us how to experience him, his word. He yep. is the fulfillment of, he is God's word. Yep. Jesus is God's word. And When we say, I don't feel like God is near, or I don't see him working, or I don't know what he has to say to me, or I don't don't feel like God's present, I think we have to say, are we spending time with him? Yeah. 
Yep. Are we going to the familiar and the unfamiliar places in the Word of God? Mm-hmm. Are we asking God to, um, I, I'm, I, my hands are on my Bible. Can I put my hands on my Bible and find the scriptures I'm looking for? Yes. Can I, can I find them without an index? Can I find them without Bible gateway? So that is, this is something so fresh on my mind related to that idea of knowing the word. Um, as we record this, we're in the middle of Lent season and my uh, 18 year old daughter and I have been doing a Bible study in our home, um, kind of centered on the, the idea of Lent. But we had asked some uh, young women and mamas to come and join us, really not knowing what their relationship was at all with the Lord, other than that they seemed curious. Um, as it turns out, they are majority of them from a faith tradition where opening the Bible for themselves just really hasn't been a part um, of their very religious, actually, upbringing. And just a couple weeks ago, one of the women, young women, looked across the table at my daughter. And mind you, we are opening up Bibles. Some of them are borrowed, you know, all different versions, but we are opening up the Bible and we are doing exactly what you said. You know, sometimes we're going to the index, what page is Romans on? Um, And one of these young ladies looked at my daughter and she said, I've been raised in this religious tradition my whole life, but I don't know how to open my Bible the way you and your mama do and find the answers to Mm. the questions that I have. And I want that. And just to see this young woman hungry to know God intimately in a way that she hasn't and to recognize exactly what you're saying, that we know him through the word. He's the word made alive, made flesh, and he's given us the written word to keep going back to, to know him by feel, you know, without sight. Oh, my word. Yeah, a huge celebration because that is, you know, to me, that's contagious faith, right? You are living it. And you are walking in faith, unblinded faith, opening up your home, which is so true to who you are. Everyday welcome, <laughs> you know, the whole way. That is how God made you. You're bringing these people in who you have a heart for. You're not just checking a box off the list. And you're saying, let's meet Jesus and let's find him in his word. And it's beautiful because we all have to start at some point and say, okay, Jesus, I want to meet you in your word. And it takes, uh, it takes that daily discipline, that running that race, that um, being that underdog, just seeing yourself as that underdog who I'm going to train, I'm going to train, I'm going to train. And when God appoints the time, I know that my muscles, my spiritual muscles will have the strength that they need to endure Uh, with perseverance to cross that finish line of our faith in eternity. And in the meantime, will people say of us, like what Paul said here of the psalmist, we continue to preach because we have the same kind of face the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I Mm -hmm. spoke. Will that be said of us? I believe in God because of what the psalmist has said. And my Aunt Lisa or my mentor, Angela, or my great-great-grandma, I want to be called Yaya, (laughs) my Yaya, my Yaya told me that the Bible was true, and I watched her to, I watched her believe it through, and I do not want to prophesize uh, struggles over me, but (laughs) you know, whatever it is that I have to endure, that the Lord sees part of the story that he wants to write in my life, that 
I want on my tombstone the legacy to believe she believed in God. Amen. <laughs> Fist pounded yeah. on the table like our friend Sarah. Amen. I know. There we go. <laughs> That's for you, Sarah. <laughs> right? That we that we want to have that legacy of faith, and it starts in the daily discipline. And that discipline, if people don't like that word sometimes, but so I use a word rhythm. The rhythm, the rhythm of our lives, does it mimic the heartbeat of God? Oh my goodness. I just, I had an illustration, I'm just going to throw this out there. So two, all of our kids are athletes. They didn't, they don't have an athletic mama, but they should be thankful they got their daddy because they all got his athletic genes. And uh, we have runners mm-hmm. and swimmers. And swimming in particular, while well, running is the same way, certain strokes require a very specific rhythm. And my daughter has told mm-hmm. me she will sing a song in her head when she's swimming a certain stroke. It's what gives her the rhythm. And in the same way, my all, all of my boys have been hurdlers, but in particular, my 15-year-old is in track season. And hurdling, yeah. there is a very specific rhythm. And if you get the rhythm off, you can be badly injured. Um, and it, there's mm. that, you fall into the rhythm. So I, I love that because I'm musical, they're athletic, but I want to be about the rhythm yeah. of Christ, the rhythm of his word. Good yeah. stuff, girl. Yeah. It, it's, it's come out of, I've been, I've created a new course called the Biblical Mentoring Intensive. And it's, it's four parts. And the idea is let's get that foundation. So the first part is about word and worship, which is interesting that you should say music because how are we living the word? How are we living a lifestyle worship? And then it moves into understanding our God-given wiring and personality because so often we're trying to fit somebody else's mold. And so how do we embrace the mold that God has created for us individually and uniquely to walk into? And then it moves through setting a mission statement and a, a vision, some how to go about the idea of setting practical goals. And then the last part is what are our relationships? What are our responsibilities? And, and that's where I came up with that word rhythm. What are our rhythms? So let's forget trying to create the ideal schedule that looks like getting up at 6 a.m., to study the scriptures and then having, you know, the beautiful breakfast on the table and then having the house you immaculate and whatever. <laughs> no, no, I don't do all that. Thus, thus the throwing out of the word ideal and schedule. <laughs> and so I've gone with this idea of rhythm. Yeah. What does our rhythm look like throughout the week that is that consistent with our God-given mission and priority. And so it's interesting because I had in this course, I have whoever it is enrolled, my students, let's say, call them my students, my clients, move through the idea of crafting the mission statement before setting the actions Mm -hmm. so that they can then reflect on their actions and go back to this idea of what is the mission is it, are they living consistently with the mission that they felt like they received from God? Which is, you first. know what, that's so perfectly modeled after the word. And even what you've read for us today, we have a mission. Mm-hmm. We are followers of Jesus, redeemed by him, called to be salt and light in the world around us. That mission is what dictates how we live then. That's powerful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. 
It's good. So I think we're at the end of our episode for today. I am so glad that you have joined me, Angela, that we can talk about the word. I love your partnership in this. I thank God for you all the time. And I want our listeners to know how much I love you to pieces (laughs) and that what they're getting is our our friendship uh, recorded. (laughs) So... We should give yes, a challenge. Let's do. So we asked last time, and I, I actually kind of want to challenge us to do that again. Answer this question. Are you struggling with spiritual blindness? Is there an area where you need the Lord to open your eyes to his truth? Um, ask him that question honestly. Um, does, it ha- does it have something to do at all with a hardened heart? We've talked about that before, and we'll say it again. Um, constantly checking our spirits as women of God and saying, is there a place where my heart has become hardened to you? Ask him to soften it. Ask him to teach you by his word, empower you by his Holy Spirit, to believe him for who he says he is. And then what would it take to get a soft heart? And I shared these verses last time, but I'll share them again. Ezekiel 36, 26 is powerful. Luke 6, 45. Take a look at those verses and ask the Lord, what is it that you want to say to me? How is it that you want to shape my actions, as Lisa mentioned, according Mm -hmm. to your call in my life, according to your mission for me? Yeah, those are good. So let me uh, let me close this in prayer. Uh, Lord God, I thank you that you are the light shining in our hearts. And that we ourselves are like fragile clay jars Mm -hmm. containing you as our great treasure. God, I thank you that your power is alive in us and it comes from you and is not from ourselves. God, even though we are pressed on every side by troubles, we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down but Mm -hmm. never abandoned by you. We get knocked down but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen Mm -hmm. in our bodies. God, I thank you for the way your word promises us the whole truth, not just the parts that sound good, not just the promises of the blessings to come, but also the promises of the challenges that we will face so that we can face them with open eyes, with unblinded faith that we may become women who preach the word Uh because of the kind of faith that the psalmist has is also our faith. May we be women who believe in you, God, and therefore speak of you and your faithfulness to the next generation. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been so great, Angela, to just discuss this topic of living with unblinded faith. And I'm actually really excited about what is to come on the podcast. I, yeah, right. We We have a series of interviews, right? Yes. We have a series of interviews coming up with women who, everyday women who are living with unblinded faith in their everyday life as examples for how to put this word into action. It is so neat how each of their stories weaves in and out as though we clearly planned the script and we did it at all but they each make reference to either what we have said in this episode things that we've said previously on the podcast and then each other's story so i really am looking forward to how that's going to be a blessing to our listeners we can't wait for you guys to hear we can't wait to share as it's been an encouragement to us so tune in yep 
And we do want to thank you for listening to the More to Be podcast. We're praying you've experienced, as we have, a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today. Make sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes and free downloadable resources and information about Unblinded Faith. And where else can we find that again? Unblinded Faith is available wherever books are sold. It will be in stores May 1st, 2018. And you can learn more about the book at unblindedfaith.com. May you continue, my friend, to think biblically and live transformed. To be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.